0: awesome um i was handed this update from uh, from the team that's in africa from erica so i was just handed it so i'm just going to read it to you because I'm, I'm not really sure what it says so um this is what it says uh, uh as you know uh, most of you probably already know that that, the, that we have a team in africa and uh pastor zeke and pastor daniel is is out there with them so it says that on Tuesday, we went out to the primary school, the elementary, to do our program, and many of their parents came to join. Zeke was able to share with the parents the roles, um, the roles according to scripture, and we got the parents involved in singing and playing games. They had a lot of fun. And then on Wednesday, we went to a primary school with 400 kids. We got to share with them, and many received the Lord. Praise the Lord, right? It's awesome. After we went to the high school, and we were able to split the girls and guys, we shared with them on the purity, on purity, and Johnny and Kim shared their testimony, and Daniel and I taught, and Zeke wrapped it up. I really believe it was received well. Praise the Lord. And then on Thursday, um, they're already, I think, ahead of us, so they probably put it, this is like, like yesterday, um. We will, we will be at another primary school and another high school. Keep praying. So say so thank you and continue to pray for them uh, until they get back. Well, anyways, um, um, before I get started here, um, let's, let's get started with prayer, okay? Father, we just come before you. Uh, we thank you for just being such an awesome and wonderful God. Uh, thank you for the opportunity of just being here, Father, and being able to um, pray for our brothers and sisters who are all the way on the other side of the world, Father. I pray that you would continue to bless them in their ministry, and Father, I pray that tonight, Father, that we would not leave this place, Father, the same as we came in, Father. May you come in a, in a powerful and uh, an amazing way, Father, upon the lives of everyone that is here tonight, Father. I pray for, for your word as it goes out today, Father, that you would anoint it, and that um, that you would accomplish the purpose for which it's sent. It, so we thank you, Father, and we praise you in your Son's precious name, Amen. So, um, so we've been covering um, this series right through, uh, going through the series on the Holy Spirit, and um, so um, the the subtitle for for today, the title for today's um, teaching, is responding to the Holy Spirit. And I want to kind of add like a subtitle to that and uh, um, the acronym, yes, and then I believe. So remember that, yes, I believe. And um, and so as we go through, right, um, we've gone through this series and and perhaps um, most of you have already kind of already uh, had known this subject already from the beginning. Uh, Perhaps for some of you, it's kind of been new. And, And maybe for some of you, it's kind of a refresher, right? So basically... We've learned that the spirit uh, is God, um, that he's kind of like the wind, right, that places this breath of life in us. We've, we've also learned that he's kind of like a fire purifying us and giving light to our Christian walk. Uh, he's also like the soothing oil, uh, bringing comfort to our broken and tattered lives, right? And um, that he's like the living water, right, gushing into our lives with, with this love, pouring it into our lives and helping that love to be poured out of our lives into other people and this as scripture says right like torrents of living water and um so um he is the one also who who ha, who has come and he is available uh, for us today uh to empower us to give us the ability to do the work of God right um but knowing all of this knowing these things the things that we've covered if you got you haven't been here for the previous studies I, I, I encourage you to go on our website and and actually grab those um, those sites from the website and and listen to them, if you haven't if you haven't been coming, but um but anyways knowing these things, uh, uh, just through the intellect just just from your mind just from reading it, is it, not going to do much good right unless the Lord comes upon our lives and He begins to overwhelm our soul, in a powerful and mighty way, so. Um, one thing that's going to happen hopefully by the end of this study is that you're going to respond. You're going to respond to the Spirit of God. You're either going to respond with faith or with disbelief. But at the end of the study, the hope is that you have responded. You will have responded. There's no doubt about it. You're going to either respond in faith or you're going to respond in in disbelief. So if you have a pen and paper, um, jot these scriptures down. We're not going to go through a text as we have in previous studies because the study is a little bit more fluid. It's a little bit more dynamic, right? It's, it's not, there, you can't take a specific scripture and say this is what it is. And, and, and also, from the onset, I want to let you know that, that, that I'm not going to give you like this, uh, um, like this how to respond to the spirit in three easy steps. And then all of a sudden, you're going to be able to respond to the spirit every time. Because we can't put God in a box like that, right? Uh, we, can't, we can't say, this is how it works and this is it. So basically, this is, is a pattern. It's kind of a tool to, to kind of get you to that place where you can respond to the Spirit, where, where, where you become more sensitive to respond to the Spirit. So the scriptures that we're going to be covering are, are Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, um, uh, where it talks about presenting yourself, bestowing... Uh, um, Uh, another word for for present is bestow devote yield that's where i get the word yes we believe right the acronym yes we believe yes i believe um so so yield it yield yourself uh, to him as a living sacrifice right the second scripture we're going to talk about a little bit is luke chapter 11 verse 9 through 11 um, that talks about asking uh, petitioning imploring beseeching entreating the lord right for the blessing of the holy spirit and then we're going to cover Acts chapter five, verse thirty-two, where it talks about obeying, submitting to him. Uh, yes, you know, I believe to simple uh, to him sim- simply by living out the scripture as you understand them. And then we're going to cover, try to cover um, uh, Galatians chapter three, verses two to three, having faith, right, trust, hoping, and therefore I believe. Yes, I believe. Right. Um, so. Romans chapter 12, verses 1, 1 through 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right? So, so the first thing, right, yielding our, ourselves. If, if we want to respond to the holy spirit we have to re, we have to yield ourselves um there in uh, romans chapter 12 it talks about not being conformed right not being conformed to the things of this world that word um uh it, it speaks about like a, like like being molded like plastic you know like they take plastic and they mold it in every way shape and form right so, so Paul, there in chapter 12, is talking to us, is, is reminding us that we shouldn't be like plastic and be molded to every sh- uh, shape and every character of the, of the world as the world wants to mold you, right? And, and, um, and I think it speaks of also, uh, it's talking about not indulging in, uh, in those, those things of the world um, like, uh, like, like being so focused about yourself, you know, the, the self-loves they call them, right? Um, conforming to yourself around the world around you right um, it 's talking about um like uh like the self self confidence self love self admiration self pity self righteousness right um, God will not send his spirit uh, to possess a heart um, where these things are you know the lord the spirit of god he wants he wants to free you from those things and 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 if you have the Spirit of God, you're you're in a pretty much in a collision path with the things of this world, right? You're going to be in direct opposition to these things. When the Holy Spirit takes over your life, he he puts you in opposition to these things, um, and and the system that is around it. Do you want the Spirit of God to be in your life? Do you want Him to be Lord of your life? Do you have a yearning for him that cannot be quenched? Do you want to hand the keys of all the rooms in your house? Are you sure that you want your personality to be taken over by the one who will not tolerate this behavior? You know, you don't have to raise your hand and answer those questions right. They're they're questions for you to do some introspection because we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about who he is. We've been talking about his work. We've been talking about all these things, right? But the reality is that we have to desire it. We have to present ourselves. We have to yield ourselves to the Lord if this is going to happen, right? It says, present your bodies, right? Um, Romans chapter 12 says, present them as a living sacrifice, right? This, this is speaking of every aspect of your life, your personality, your ambitions, your desires, everything, everything about your life all of those things. There's a song, right? It says all of your ambitions and your desires, right? Uh, you, you put them before the Lord. Every aspect of it. Um, Paul says, for this is your, another version says, for this is your reasonable act of worship, right? Your reasonable act of worship, w- where you come before God and you worship him for, for who he is, right? And so you, you lay your life before him. Um, even as Christ was willing to present uh, uh, is willing to present you before the father right in Colossians chapter 1 verse uh, 21 and 22 says and you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through his death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight yielded to what right Start about that yielded to what right Uh, Do you guys remember with me um, that the Lord Jesus? Sorry, sorry about that. You remember um, the Lord Jesus uh, walking into the room? Um, He walked in through the uh, when when the when the apostles they were they were they were praying they were in the in the upper room and they were praying and he walked through the room the doors were locked and they were praying and he just walked in right and he walked right through the doors, um, the spirit, even, though, even, even like that, the spirit can personate our, uh, penetrate our personality. Um, he could penetrate our own spirit and our own soul. And um, so the things of God, right, the things that, that God has for us, those things are revealed through the spirit of God. So he can penetrate, those, uh, he can penetrate our, our personalities for whatever, whichever way those things are, he penetrated it. And begin to teach you the things that he wants to teach you, right? And In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 16, it says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. What, what things? For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have... We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might, not, might know, know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but the Holy Spirit teaches us, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct us? But we have the mind of Christ. Right? So if we have the Holy Spirit in us, um, this Spirit of God, the, the Spirit of, of Christ, you know, that was able to penetrate walls, penetrate doors with, with, in his fleshly body, right, after he had resurrected, that's the same Spirit that, that is that is that that is god that it will penetrate your bodies and your souls right and um the crazy thing about that is that there's a little bit of con- confusion i think in the in the church you know uh, about the identity of the spirit we think that the uh that because of all the crazy cults and and other religious uh sects that are out there that that think that it's a personal force we kind of get confused about the whole thing but the reality of it is is that he is God, and, and we have to understand that, that he is God, and we see the, the testimony uh, of the church through the centuries from the very beginning, right, that, that believers, they made this profession of faith, right, they, they, even, they even made creeds, and uh, they, they made um, uh, their confessions of faith, right, that they memorized, and, some, and lived by them, right, and they died by them, and uh, I don't know if, if you guys Uh, Familiar with like some of the creeds, right? Like the Nicene Creed, um, uh, the Anastasian Anastasian, Anastation, and Athanasius Creed. um, uh, He he was a he was a guy that lived like like around uh, 600 B.C. or A.D. So 12 to 1400 years ago, right? Uh, When others stood up against um, who Jesus was, you know, they would they thought that he was a great man, that he was. Uh, a good and great man, but not God. Well, Anastasius, he he stood up and he rose up and he says, "No, the Bible teaches that Jesus, the Father, and the Spirit is God, and, and the Scriptures affirm that." Right? I'm going to read you a section of the uh, Athanasian Creed, just to, just so that you see how how um, how much thought they put into these things. Right? Uh, it goes something like this. I'm gonna am I'm gonna read like from section it's it's broken up so if you ever go back and look at it sec- it's broken up into like like 43 verses if, if you will and it says something like this um anyways another name for it for those of you that are that like all this all this cool stuff um they also call it the uh, quicunque quicunque volt which which they took it from the first three uh, first two words which is whosoever will so that's the latin for whosoever will is is that my, is that the mic, Thomas? Yeah? Sorry about that. Um, So anyways, it reads like this, and the Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity, and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons, nor dividing the substance, for there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, another of the Holy Spirit, but the Godhead and the the godhead of the father of the son and of the holy spirit is all one the glory equal the majesty co-eternal such as the as the father is such as the son such as such is the holy spirit the father uncreate 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 the son uncreate and the holy spirit uncreate which means uncreated the father Incomprehensible the son Incomprehensible the holy Spirit incomprehensible the Father eternal the Son eternal The Holy Spirit eternal and yet They are not three eternals but one Uncreated and one Incomprehensible so likewise The father is almighty the son is Almighty the Holy Spirit almighty And yet they are not Three almighties but one almighty So the father is God the son Is God and the Holy Spirit Is God and yet they are not three gods, but one. So likewise, the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, and the Holy Spirit is Lord. So are we forbidden by the Catholic religion to say there are three gods or three lords. Catholic, all it means is is a universal, just so you don't think I'm spreading some crazy doctrine here. The Father is made of none, neither created nor begotten. The Holy Spirit is is of the Father and of the Son, neither made nor created nor begotten, but proceeding. So there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirit. And this Trinity, none is before, none after, none is greater or less than another. But the whole three persons are co-eternal and co-equal, so that in all things, as as said before, the unity in Trinity and the Trinity in unity is to be worshiped he therefore that will be saved must think of this trinity so back then you know from the very beginning these guys were, were already beginning to think of these things and and um, the reality is you know the scripture all then the scripture affirms is this guy is talking about the scripture and uh, like a couple of things i'm going to read to you psalm 139 verse 7 it applies attributes to him that belong to god right like omniscience it says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where, where can I flee from your presence? Right. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, he, he issues commands, the Holy Spirit issues commands. He says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear his voice. In 2 Corinthians 3, 17, he is called the Lord. It says, now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. Why, why do I have to reiterate this? Um, because the reality is is that the Holy Spirit is God and a lot of times a lot of times we don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit as God and and we have a certain fear for the Holy Spirit right um we we believe that um that spirits can can possess people right some of you believe that uh, I think if I were to have you raise your hands and have a show of hands you believe that people are possessed by demons right and and that's a real thing I, I believe it's a real thing Why is it that we cannot believe that the Spirit of God can possess us and and do mighty and powerful things through us, right? Um, But for the believer, the redeemed of the Lord, um, the scriptures teach us that he who is greater, uh, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world, right? That also that perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment, right? And that if God is for us, who can come against us? Nothing, right? Nothing can come against us. So why do we fear God? I, I don't understand it. Why do we fear the Holy Spirit coming upon us? Why do we feel the Spirit baptizing us, the Holy Spirit beginning to move us? I, I don't understand that. And it's a question for you. Why do you fear that? Because He is God, there is nothing to fear, right? There, there is nothing that can come against us, and He is here today. He is present today in this very room and, and He wants to begin to move in your lives. So as we covered before in uh, the studies before, that the promise of the Holy Spirit being poured upon us would be for today. It's for today. Very much for today, right? This pouring has been available uh, throughout the church history, right? Or else we, can, we would conclude that the great ministries that men of God had done through the centuries of different denominations, right? The Methodists, the Presbyterians, the Wesleys, you know, um, all the different denominations throughout history, we would conclude that they did them all through their own efforts and all through their own flesh and because they were great men of great intellect or whatever. But the reality is that, that the Holy Spirit has continued his work all through the years, right? It's him who's doing all of this stuff. Um, the old testament also predicted this coming right this this coming this new coming of the spirit that was going to come upon us in isaiah chapter 44 verse 3 it says for i will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground i will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring and then that that famous one in uh, acts chapter 2 right of joel that quote of joel Chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see dreams, dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also my mens- servants and my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And these are the words of the Father, right, in the Old Testament. And Jesus interpreted them and called them the promise of the Father in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, right? And then in Luke chapter 24 verse 49, Jesus said, I send the promise of my Father and further discusses it in chapters 14, 15, and 16. And, and uh, Pastor Gary covered a good portion, right, of those chapters talking about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and in those chapters, he speaks about the Holy Spirit and his coming to the church. So what do we do then? Excuse me. so what do we do then if you're hungry entreat him right um, ask call out to him uh, that that scripture that i gave luke chapter 11 verse 9 through 13 a lot of times it's applied to just prayer in general and it's good right we can apply it to prayer because that's what it's talking about it's talking about asking god um, and and so luke chapter 11 verse 9 through 13 says So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Right? So I mean, you guys get the point, right? Uh, Us being uh, earthly fathers uh, mothers you know you're not going to give bad things to your kids right you're, you're all for their benefit everything that you do you do for their benefit and it says if you then being evil and this is jesus talking right if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will, you, will your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him so the amazing thing is that you know we use that scripture and we use it we apply it to prayer right but the amazing thing is that right after he says those things, he, he talks about the Holy Spirit. So, he, so Jesus makes back a reference to the Holy Spirit. So what do we do? We ask. We, we ask God to empower us with his spirit, to pour his spirit upon us. That's how we respond, right? Because this whole section is about responding. So, so we yield ourselves to God, and then we come before God, and we petition, we ask, we ask him to fill us. And some. Chapter 2, verse 8 says, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. Do you still want to be filled? Um, do you really want to be filled? Galatians chapter 5, we, we covered a, a section. Uh, uh, Pastor Daniel covered a, a huge section of Galatians chapter 5, right? Uh, and and it, he talked about the gifts of the Spirit, but then in that very section, It also talked about the works of the flesh, right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 27 through um, 17 through 21 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Are these works evident in your life? Are these things that you're practicing in your life? The only way to get rid of these things is to be emptied out. It is said that when you empty yourself and despair comes and loneliness comes, you are getting, to, or you're getting close to a spiritual awakening. So you take all these things that are in your life, all these works of the flesh, and you take them out of your lives and you pour them out of your lives and you begin to ask God to begin to uh, fill you afresh. And, and, and you put off these works and you put off these things and you take them out of your lives until the only desire that you have in your life is for God. The only thing that drives you is to have God in your life, moving your life and changing your life and transforming your life. Um, Romans chapter 12, right, it says, present your bodies, present them. You got to present them before the Lord. A vessel that is not presented will not be filled. Uh, we go to the restaurant, right? And your, your, your drink starts getting empty. And uh, the waitress comes and she says, Hey, would you like a refill? What do you do right away? Take that cup. Hey, go ahead. And fill it back up, right? In the same way, we need to stretch out our cup, our vessel, right? We need to put it before the Lord. God cannot fill something that he can't have. So you have to present your vessel before the Lord. Uh, And then, as we present our vessel, right, uh, we have to present ourselves willingly with submission before the Lord. And that's our next scripture, right? Acts chapter 5, verse 32. And if we are His, uh, and we are His witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Uh, God, God cannot give a disobedient child this blessing uh, talking about the holy spirit but but to those who obey him in word right uh, obey his spirit excuse me obey the risen lord are you ready to obey what you are asked to do then live according to the scriptures as you understand them you don't have to be a theologian as you read the scriptures, a lot of people, like, uh, like a, a lot of times when I've had an opportunity to talk to people, like, uh, like they're like, yeah, the scriptures, they're, they're just hard to understand. And, and, you know, I've heard people talk about it before. It's like, hey, all right, you open it up to whatever portion of scripture it says, read that. And they're like, oh, what well, this is, you understand that? Yeah, 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 you understand it because it's, it's quite, quite clear. It's quite evident what it's trying to say. Obviously, you know there's. Uh, we just read in First Corinthians, right, that there's things that are spiritual that you can only understand through the Spirit, and that's a different thing when we're talking about spiritual things. But the reality is, is that we're talking about about believers who who's who the Spirit of God is already in you, right? Uh, Pastor C talked about the different prepositions in, uh, in, uh, upon, and um, with, within, and upon, right? And, and the Holy Spirit's already in us. So we're talking about a specific thing, right? We're talking about the feeling of the Spirit. We're talking about the anointing of the Spirit. We're talking about uh, 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 an amazing work in your life, a different work um, that, that the Holy Spirit performs in your life. But I- anyway, so it, it's, it's easy to understand. As you understand it, you obey it. You read something in Scripture, you're like, oh man you know like i i haven't been doing this thing so what do you do you obey that because you understand that and then you move forward right you you continue to read it and you continue to move forward as you understand it but there's a huge conflict that is happening right um that that's where the conflict begins that's where the conflict takes place because all of a sudden the enemy comes right the devil comes and he tries to put that work down he tries to stamp it out but what does the scripture say right that we are more than conquerors through jesus christ and he's he will give us the victory and and the reality is are you going to submit to the enemy no we don't we're not going to submit to them we're not going to give him the luxury of putting a a, a a stop to the things that we're seeking the things that we're trying to do if any of you guys talking about the whole battle uh, between the the spirit you know between the what the devil wants to put those things out in your life if any of you have ever grown anything up here in the desert anything green right uh, vegetables fruit flowers whatever you know about the fight you know the fight that it takes to get these things the, the barrage of attacks that come against your garden right and you could probably tell me stories about the defense mechanisms, the things that you put out there to begin to try to combat these things, and, and so it is with our walk with the Lord. Right, we have to constantly uh, be fighting against the flesh. Right, our flesh. We constantly have to be uh, fighting against these things, or else there's not going to be any harvest at the end. Uh, our our the, the the things of the Spirit will, will not. We will not be seeing those things to fruition. But sometimes what ends up happening when we think that that fight is over, we kind of settle down, right? And we kind of speak like, like, like the Laodiceans, Laodiceans or, or in Revelation, right? That said we are increased with goods and we have need of nothing in, in Revelation chapter 3, 7, right? So we must keep that field healthy, right? The field where those spiritual fruits grow. And, and this happens through the word, right? That's, that's the vehicle that God uses to, to change and transform our lives into, and to shape them to what they need to be. Because the Spirit inspired it, right? And, uh, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it talks about that, right? He inspired it in order for us to obey it. So what do we de- what do? We do? Uh, how do we receive this gift? Um, Galatians chapter 3, verse 2 to 3. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? So this is, this is, a, this is a book, Galatians, and actually, um, uh, we're, we're actually going through Galatians in, in the junior high, back in the junior high on Thursday nights. And this is a book that was written to the Galatians, right? They, they had started, they were, they were believers, they had started on a good path, they had received um, the gospel by faith. And little by little, you know, the false teachers came in, they began to creep in, and they began to tell them that, that, that there was a better way, that the way that they could be saved, the way that they could serve God, is going back to the law. And they began to buy it. And Paul comes in and begins to cut, cut it out and say, hey man, you guys need to cut that out. That's not, that's not what we have been teaching you guys. And as a matter of fact, if an angel, even if an angel, even if we who have came out here and, and lay these things out for you, uh begins to teach you something else, let them be accursed. So we don't get filled with the Spirit by works. You know, the things that we do. We don't, you know, it's not what we do, but rather it's by faith. If you have been born again by the Spirit, the Spirit is is already in you, right? By faith, the Spirit is already in you. Um remember um when Jesus was going to wash the apostles' feet and Jesus jumped up and says oh you're not gonna wash my my feet and and then the lord rebukes him and they says okay well if you're gonna wash my feet then wash my whole body and then the lord just the lord jesus says hey um you're already clean so hey you know we're already clean because jesus has redeemed us he's put the spirit of god in us and so we're already clean we're not talking about salvation right um and, and 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 some of these other studies we we talked about um about this feeling right this anointing we're talking about about a different work uh, of the holy spirit we're not talking about salvation this anoint, this anointing is uh, is a is a dousing uh, uh, an immersion um, a feeling uh, to the uh, f- uh, the fullness of the spirit coming upon us right um, something that that is from the top of your of your head to the tip of your feet, you know, it's a transformation that happens from the inside out. Um, remember Romans talking about being transformed. It's a transformation, you know. That, that I, I'm sure that you've heard plenty of studies about it. And this is a transformation that that, that speaks of a transformation like a butterfly, right? It goes from that 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 uh, metamorphosis from a cocoon cocoon into a beautiful butterfly and it's a transformation that happens from the inside out and it happens immediately instantaneously it's not something that happens over time when the spirit of god comes into your life and he begins to move it's it's an immediate thing it's a something that happens right away the problem is sometimes we don't want to go through the whole experience of of being humble acts chapter 2 verse 36 says therefore let all of the house of israel know uh, assuredly that god has made this jesus whom you crucified both lord and christ if you remember back in uh in acts uh when when the holy spirit came upon them uh peter jumps up to his feet and he begins to tell the people you know because they were starting to say hey what's going on are these people drinking with they've been drunk or what it's like no these guys are not drunk as you think you know um it's, it's way too early for that, but rather what's happened to them is a wonderful thing. For God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So what happened in Pentecost, it was not, it was not about the wind. It was not about the fire. It was not about the tongues, right? We talked about that, that stuff, and we're going to talk more about it next week as we continue uh, the series. So God is not in the commotion of the wind. He's not in the commotions and the brilliance of the fire, uh, he's not in the tongues, uh, but in the small, still voice. You guys remember the story in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, where Elijah was out, retreated out in the hills, right? And, his, and, uh, and verses 10 to 13. So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord. Because the, oh, the Lord's asking, hey, what are you doing? And so he says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. And then he said, God said to Elijah, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire but the lord was not in the fire and after the fire a small still voice so it was when elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave and suddenly came to him and said what are you doing here elijah what are you doing here johnny tom nancy what are you doing still here? What are you doing still in the place where God is asking you to go and begin to do mighty works for God? What are you still doing here? Jesus told his followers, he said, wait until, the, until you are endued with power from on high in, in, in that uh, chapter 24 there of Luke. You know that sometimes we kind of misuse that word, um, the word power, right? Right? Because it is, it is from the Greek, right? It, it does come from the Greek, and it is from the from where we get our English word dynamite, and that's where it comes from. It's true; those things are true. But the reality is that dynamite was not invented until way later, right? So this this uh, this whole idea, this whole concept of of power, came actually from the Greek. You know, it, it's something that happened. That happened, That the, the whole idea is from the time of Christ. And all it means, really, is the ability to do. That's it. The ability to do. And, and so that, to me, it gives me great comfort. That whatever God asks me to do, whatever God asks you to do, He's going to give me the power to do it. He's going to give you the power to do it. He's going to give you the ability to do. The ability to shake those bad habits that you might have the ability to be victorious in your christian walk the ability to live right to behold the savior right the savior jesus christ the holy spirit came and he filled them right and he came to make jesus real to them what happened to paul when he was on the way to damascus what happened to him is that the lord jesus christ was revealed to him right on the way to damascus nothing like if If you just focus just on that story and that event, what happened there is that the Lord Jesus Christ revealed himself to Paul. And in the same way, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and comes into our life, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be revealed in a greater and mightier way in in our lives. And he's going to give us the ability, the power to do the things that God wants to do. God's work, not our own work, not the things that we want to do, but God's work. And you know what? He's still here today. He's still here. He's in this room. And, and if you do not have his empowering, it's simply because you have not asked. He's here. Ask. He's available for you to just ask. Um, I have read that uh, A.B. Simpson used this illustration concerning the filling of the Holy Spirit. And, and I quote him now. Being filled with the fullness of God is like a bottle in the ocean. You take the cork out of the bottle and sink it into the ocean and you have the bottle completely full of ocean. The bottle is in the ocean and the ocean is in the bottle. The ocean contains the bottle but the bottle contains only a bit of the ocean. So it is with the Christian. So we can be filled with the fullness of God but we can never contain all of God, right? It's impossible for us to contain all of God. But we can have all of God that we can't contain. You guys catch that? Excuse me for a second. Maybe maybe our vessel needs to be expanded. Right? If we can't contain much of God, then maybe our vessel needs to be expanded. And I was thinking of the prayer of Jabez. Uh, you guys probably some of you probably remember that the it's just one verse in the old testament and they some guy wrote a whole book on it which is awesome i mean it's an amazing thing right but it's awesome and and in the prayer in, in the prayer he's pretty much he's asking god to expand his borders right and i'm going to read it to you in first uh, chronicles chapter 4 verse 10 it says and Jabez called." I'm the God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, and that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So, God granted him what he requested. And so, I was thinking about that. I'm like, Man, it's just such a small place, and, and there's no other mention of the guy. And so, I, I went to look at some commentaries and I looked at um, Adam Clark, which I, I really enjoy his uh, commentary, and he was talking about it. And, and he says of this honorable person we know nothing but what is here mentioned or does a name occur in any other part of scripture in fe, except there's a mention of a city in first chronicles chapter 255 where where it's where it appears to be a name of a place but it but it's understood by the Chaldees talking about uh, uh um uh, an interpretation they call it the 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 targum um, the name of a person as here though i have noticed this particularly in the note and on that place yet i think it right to add the chaldee here that all that concerns this worthy person may be seen in one view and i and i thought it was so cool you know as i was thinking of it and i went back so it was the the targum is the the section that he's quoting and it says this according to Adam clark it says the families of the scribes who dwell at jabez the the shimeiathites the Sukathites, these were the Kenites who came from Hamath, the father of the house of Rechab. That's in the New King James, right? And this is the Chaldean, the trans that the translate, the interpretation, the Targum, right? It says the families, the families of the Rechabites, the sons of Eliezer, the son of Mishko, the disciple of Jabez. He was Othoniel, the son of Kenaz, and he was called Jabez, because in his counsel he instituted a school of disciples. And they were called Tirathim because in their hymns their voice was like trumpets. The Shimothim because in hearing they lifted their faces in prayer. The Sukathim because they were overshadowed by the spirit of prophecy. Anyways, to me it was... It was it was cool because, you know, like, like all of a sudden it's like a random thought in my mind. And I go look it up and, and, and it's talking about um, how, how this guy, Jabez, he worshipped God, right? Uh, the, he, uh, the, whole, um, the whole inheritance, right? The whole legacy that he left behind, the people were worshipping God. Um, they, were, they were people who lifted their faces up in prayer. And they were people who were overshadowed. By the spirit of prophecy, right? By the spirit of God. Uh, Jesus in, in chapter uh, 7 of John, uh, verses 37 through 39 says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning his, uh, the spirit. Whom those believing in Him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not given yet, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Uh, An amazing thing here um, in other translations is it talks about that out of their hearts will flow torrents of living water. Torrents of living water. So when the Spirit of God comes upon our lives and He begins to fill our life and fills our life completely, there will be torrents of living water. Talking about the love of Christ being poured up uh, upon those people who we touch. God wants to have us to have this kind of experience, and He asks nothing except that we w- are willing to obey Him. He He only asks that we throw up our hands in complete abandon and say, "I surrender." Right? Uh, those words, right? Surrender, uh, submission, yielding, are words that that are perhaps not part, much part of our vocabulary, but they all, they all speak of, I don't know, maybe like a, like authority, right? If, if a cop comes, pulls behind you, you're going to try to submit and you're going to yield and you're going to submit. And, and that's kind of the kind of surrender that God wants us. To. There's this authority that God has uh, in our lives and we need to surrender to Him in complete abandon with everything that we have. And entreat Him, right? Ask. Ask Him. Ask Him to breathe in you, the Holy Spirit. So a- as, we, as we conclude here, as we end, uh, do you guys have a couple or more songs? Can, can we sing a couple more songs? And then perhaps some of uh, the leaders would come up to the front and, and a- if you would like to pray for this blessing to come upon your life, um, come up. Let's do this. So, if you would come up. So let's pray, Father. We come before you, Lord. We ask. Um, we ask that um, as as we begin to think about the things that we talked about today, Father, that um, that we would be willing to to yield ourselves, Father. That we would be yielding will, will, willing. To entreat you to ask, Father, that we would be willing to submit to you. That we would be really willing to believe that you are able to do these things in our life. Father, yes. Yes, Father, I believe, Father. I believe that this work is for me. That this work is, is for the church today. I believe, Father, that you are able to do this. And I want it, Father. I want it in my life, Father, so that I am able to do the things that you want me to do, that I would have the power and the ability to do the, the work that you have called me to do. So I thank you, Father. I praise you for being so good, so, for being so faithful. And Father, if if there is anybody here tonight, Father, that is That has been contemplating these things and they've been hearing the messages throughout this whole series, Father. And and, and they want this in their lives, Father. I pray that they would not be bashful, that you would give them the boldness, Father. That they would be afraid no more. That they would submit completely and honestly to you and before you, Father. So we thank you again, Father. We praise you. And we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.